All right, this is JJ Live, AAA Studios inside Music Town, Detroit. And how times have changed. If this were the 60s and we had a 2 o'clock interview, you'd be looking for the artist to show up around 3.30 or so, more than likely. <laughs> now they come a half hour early with a cup of coffee or tea. That's right. Ready to go. <laughs> Mark Farter, Grand Funk Railroad, is my guest. We're going to get a chance JJ. to sit here and enjoy our couch. If you want something to drink, we'll take care of you. Relax. We're gonna have That's a fun. A dang good answer. We're gonna have a fun hour. <laughs> but here's something you probably don't need. A friend of mine calls this um, mailbox money. Yeah. If you're an artist and you're a writer and a performer, you get mailbox money all the time, and you never know when it's gonna come. You wander out there every day, and you think, you know, you grab a stack of envelopes, and one of them probably has a check in it. Uh, or nowadays they've reverted to direct deposit. Uh-huh. Okay. You get no accounting. <laughs> All right. Well, hopefully they'll send you an email confirmation or something. You look fantastic, and thank you're you, back brother. in action this weekend. And I thank you for coming down to our AAA studios here. Your first uh, venture into nice this place. Spot. Very nice. You, know, you got it, dude. With all of this stuff, especially with a new arena down here, with all mm-hmm. the artists that are coming there yeah. and around all of downtown, we thought, what the heck? We should probably have a studio Why down here not? somewhere. Yeah, that's perfect. The, the home quarters are up in Southfield, you know, we have more access uh-huh. to you guys down here. But before we get started uh, on you, let's listen to a little of this. All right. See if you recognize this music at all. All right. Like a thief in the night. Inside my soul and mind, I like that. I was too hung up on you to have any control over my poor heart. Now I feel just like it sounded all familiar. Uh, you yeah, it could be family because I feel my all. blood just moving through my veins. That's yes. your boy. That's, that's your boy. That's Joey my boy. Ferner. That's Joey. Yeah. Yeah, so, man. And here's so here's a weird thing. You're following in his footsteps. Yeah. Because he was here a few weeks ago doing that. He did this first. Doing that very song. He did this first. He did (laughs) right in that studio right over there. And I'm sure I'm going to hear about that later. Yes. Oh, yes. Tell me about your boy. What's he, uh, is is this going to be a career for him? Is is it already a career for him? It's already a career for him. Yeah. He's been doing it many years, you know. And it's now he's having uh, revelations of. You know, a new direction, new uh, new hope. We all need that every once in a while. You know, get a spark and uh, get you off your duff. He writes the music and the yes, lyrics as yes. well? Yes, he does. And, a, and is a solo artist, or does he have his own group? He's got his own group. All right. Yeah. Are, are they performing around? We could give him a plug. I don't yeah, care. I'm man. happy to do yeah, that. Yeah, he performs all around Detroit. Does he have his own website and everything? All Absolutely. of that? Absolutely. So it's joeyfarner.com? joeyfarner.com. All right, good. Well, you guys interested? Check it out. You know, the... Uh, the, Some good uh, music. Yeah. Doesn't uh, fall far from the tree, does it, those <laughs> apples? Here's, I want to read you something, because I know you are in town uh, this weekend for a special Detroit Music Weekend, honoring the Jackson 5 and others, but you guys are going to be performing. Jeff Daniels, um, yeah. actor Jeff Daniels, and he's a performer as well. He'll be here this weekend. But I, I want to read you this. This just popped up minutes ago. Uh, in fact, uh, just after 12 o'clock today, plans to rename part of a Detroit street for Michael Jackson have fallen through. What? Yes. Why? Well, all right, because it goes on to say Friday's ceremony, that's tomorrow, unveiling the signature of Michael Jackson Avenue um, along a stretch of Randolph Street uh, right here in the theater district. 
It's off the official calendar of events. Apparently, the problem is local regulation bars the naming of streets for organizations or groups of people. A spokesman for City Council President Brenda Jones says to the free press, designating it solely for Michael was a compromise, but it didn't sit well with the surviving uh, brothers. So they instead have decided to cancel the whole thing. That is entirely drag, JJ. All right. So you've got politics on one side with the city of Detroit. Why would they care about naming it after a group? Shouldn't there be a Temptations Boulevard somewhere here? Absolutely, dude. Maybe a Grand Funk Avenue? Yeah. I like the sound of that, actually. That's pretty good. But apparently they don't do it. I don't understand that. But then you have the politics of family. They're a little, you know, they want to be treated to put on an equal footing with Michael and wanted it to be the Jacksons instead of Michael Jackson Road. Well, you know, I I don't like to... uh talk about you know how families have the in and i mean there's we're so close because we love each other and the families and anything though taken from a family member is amplified a hundred times you can get so defensive and i believe you know that happens uh quite a bit in the music industry because of the nature of being a musician being on stage loving to have your the light shining on you loving to have your name up on the marquee and I just believe uh, we need to put credit where credit is due. And I'm with you as far as the temptations and far as this, this Detroit being what it is musically. This is a representation of the people. Anybody doesn't like that, I, f- I feel bad for them because they ain't like us. And by the way, I mean, we already have uh, streets named after athletes here. You know, you got Al Kaline Boulevard over there by the old Tiger right? Stadium, right? That's just one. Yeah, man. There are many other examples of those, too. But uh, speaking of infighting, we'll talk about this a little bit later on. But I don't. I have told you this before, and I've told Brewski this too. Don, of course, has been playing drums with the Seeger Band on tour for a number of years, and I've yeah. had a lot of access to him. Uh-huh. And I beat him up about this all the time. I beat <laughs> you up about it all the time. He points the finger at you. You point the finger at him. Maybe we'll find out about that. But we're going to get to that in a little while because, as you know, I mean, you guys are sitting on millions if you ever decided if, to put yeah. the band back together again. Mm-hmm. You imagine and, if Steve Perry returned to Journey, what that would be like? And it was the real Journey and there was no BS? Yes. Oh, my God. Yes. Are you kidding me? In the same I with, would go see them. In the same with Grand <laughs> Funk. Yeah. Hey, Marcel. I'd go see them. Get me closer to home, Marcel. Let's do this. <laughs> I want to talk about this song. We have a couple of seconds while it begins. You wrote this whole song. Yes, I did. Give me the idea behind it. Went to bed, said my now I lay me down to sleep prayers, and I put a P.S. God, please give me a song that would reach and touch the hearts of those you want to get to. I got up, wrote the song, but I didn't know it was a song until the morning when I started playing the lick. And I went, oh, the words in the bedroom. Maybe it is a song. I went and grabbed them, brought them to the kitchen table, set it down, and I started playing. Closer to home, I'm your captain, author... Mark Farner, my guest, he's sitting right next to me, two feet thank away. Thank you, brother J.J. No, thank you for making the time to come down here. You are going to be appearing here starting tomorrow. Is tomorrow your performance, a Friday performance, or Saturday? Saturday. Okay, Saturday. Exactly yeah. where? Exactly where? He pointed it out on the way over. I'm going to point it to you right there, buddy. Okay. <laughs> Check it out. We're celebrating Detroit Music all weekend long. Mark Farner and his band will be here. 
Um, unfortunately, uh, it's the band we want to see because it's what you're doing right now. Mark Farner's American Band. Yeah, man. But what we really want to see is that other band that yes, you're a part absolutely. of. Yes, absolutely. And I've so, been trying to put that thing together for over 20 years. Well, I've been trying to help you, Pally. I yeah. really have. I've yeah. talked to Brewer many times about this, and that's mm-hmm. where we're going to uh, – we'll get into that in just a second. But let's talk about the history a little bit, you guys yeah. getting together. Uh, a kid out of uh, Lapeer, Michigan, I think, Terry Knight. Uh-huh. Terry Knight in the pack. He was a disc jockey at CKLW for a yes, while. Yes, and did WTAC in Flint. Yeah, he was a TAC in Flint. Uh, I was at WCK in Flint. Ah. Not back in those days, but not that long afterwards. Right, huh? And then he ends up um, going to uh, England, I think, didn't he? Yes, he did. And then somehow, how did you guys connect with him after that? He uh, was evidently living in New York City, and Brewer had kept in touch with him. Okay. And Brewer came to me and says, look, Terry Knight's got this, blah, 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 and he could manage us and get to... And I said, Terry Knight, are you kidding me, man? He, you know, he's crooked as a pan of guts. I, you know, I, and I said, all the reasons why we shouldn't. And then he looks at me and he says, well, at least it'd get us the hell out of Flint, Michigan. And I thought, well, you know, let's give it a shot. And, and it did what it did from there. Yeah, now I know yeah. there were problems down the road, but at least for the initial kickoff of Grand Funk Railroad, he did you guys proud. He did, man. I mean, he, he put you on the map, right? Excellent promoter. Yes. Even though we were only making $350 a week for that first uh, year. Well, I get it. <laughs> however, however, things change very quickly. Yeah. I want you to tell the Shea Stadium story. I'll just preface it only by saying that you guys have the distinction of selling Shea Stadium out faster than the Beatles did. Yeah, man. And I have the distinction of writing every tune that we played that night. Really? Yes. At way before American Bam. But... Going in, we had left the heliport off the East River, and we're flying over Shea, and I'm watching the stadium do this, Jimmy. It was just bouncing. Like and breathing, right? Yes, and yeah. Moving. And, and Humble Pie is rocking. Peter you know, Frampton's I can't get Humble no pie. doctor on second base. You know, the stage is set up at second base, and these guys are, are rocking them. We land in the parking lot where the limo is supposed to have picked us up. No limo. And this is long before cell phones. So the guy that's oh, yeah. with us heads down to the phone booth on the corner. And <laughs> with like two or three minutes, there's cop cars with lights and sirens. We jump in the back of the cop cars, go into Shea. The doors open on the cop cars. And there's still, you know, going, lights going and everything. And the band steps out. They're going, the audience went, they, they lost it. It was great. It was just great. The feeling, it was like, you know, the boys made it home. They're here, you know, because uh, New York City was was our city. We, our billboard was up for, uh, you know, it was $50,000 a month, but then the billboard workers went on strike after that first month. We got three or four months, you know, free, dude. How much did you pay them to go on strike? <laughs> How many people at Chase Stadium back then? What, what, what was, do you 55, remember what it was? 55,000? Yeah. What was, uh, or did you have the chills? Did the hair stand up on your arms Brother. when you walked on that stage the uh, first time? Yes, and when they started singing... I'm your captain closer to home. They overpowered the PA system, and it sounded like one voice hitting that stage was just 
super, you know, volume. And maybe because of the shape, that horseshoe shape, and it's coming at second base. Wow, it was I like just talking about it. I got the goosebumps. Yeah, because you can remember yeah, like man. it was yesterday. I oh, bet yes. right the images. Yep. It, you guys were getting along great uh, at the time, and you looked at each yeah. other and thought, "What in the world is going on here?" Yeah, this is good. Now, by then you'd already <laughs> arrived, okay, and you're so like you're you're it. You're like the it group. You're like one of the it groups in the entire world at that time, top of the heap, and all of that stuff. But prior to that, must have come the first time you heard yourself. On the radio, what was the first song, and and when was that? The first song, uh, "Time Machine." Really, That's the first one I heard on the radio, and we were in Cincinnati. I remember, and when it came out, man, there is no mistaking that song. And I jumped up. I said, "Man, look." They're playing us. It was. I was. Were freaking. you with the other guys at the time, or yes. your family, or okay? Yes. Yeah, and, and I was freaking out. They were freaking. I mean, it was great. Uh, that's fantastic. We are on the radio. <laughs> we are gonna. Uh, we're gonna save uh, probably till the, till the end of this because I want to talk about uh, Brewers' comments about you guys getting back together. We'll save that for a little bit later. But when we come back in just a minute, I'm gonna lay something on you. I want you to guess if you can. My favorite Grand Funk song of all time, and it's not one that you would, I don't think you'll be able to guess in a million years what it is. And I want to play part of it and talk a little bit about it when we come back in just a minute. You got it. Absolutely. I Can Feel Him in the Morning is the name of the song. I guess Mark Farner uh, wrote the music. There you go. Yeah, man. Uh, You wrote a lot of stuff, and you've done a lot of things in your life. We were talking about uh, you appearing with the Rolling Stones somewhere, and Janis Joplin was involved. Yes, and... When we went back to the hotel on the helicopter, which was done up like a, you know, like a motorhome inside, but it's a big Huey, and you know, army helicopter, huge, uh, flying the bands back and forth from the hotel to the stage. So we we get on, and Janice goes back with us. Everybody gets off, and it's dark. You know, everybody's got their uh, flashlight. The roadies are flashing so everybody can and i'm looking for janice i'm going where's janice where's janice nobody sees her i said give me one of them lights man so i go back down to the chopper and i look up in there and she looks like she's massaging the cushion that she sat next to and i step up on the rug and i said hey and she turns around she cussed at me she said you you made me jump right out of my skin and i step up (laughs) and look at see what she's doing and she's smearing Hershey chocolate bars all over the Like melted chocolate? Melted, dude. I mean, you know, she looks up at me. I said, why are you doing that? She said, I want to mess up mixed britches. The Rolling (laughs) Stones were going to, you know, ride next. And that's back when Mick used to wear those white satin pants. Yeah, the ones with the big brown spot on it. (laughs) Not a fan of the British invasion, was she? No, no. We thought uh, the same thing about it. You know, we said... what invasion? They're all singing in American English. <laughs> the America's where the heart and soul of rock and roll. This is where it all started. Well, I'll tell you a story because I mentioned it earlier on the year today. Today, June 14th, yeah, the anniversary of their very first appearance ever here in Detroit at Olympia Stadium, 1964, so 54 years ago, they were at Olympia. Ticket prices on the poster I saw, $4, $3, $2. Boy, have times changed. <laughs> <laughs> have you tried to buy a concert ticket lately? No. Holy smokes. No. Yeah. It's I'm a, luckily, I, I get comped a lot. I understand. You know, in, in the radio business, we used to get comped a lot. Yeah. 
and if you didn't even want tickets, they would offer you tickets for concerts, <laughs> right? So it's sort of culture shock uh, and uh, sticker shock right now for me because in the recent memory, you know, you call up and say, hey, you know, I want to take my son to go see somebody. And the first uh, response is, uh, sure, that's great. We got tickets for you. Uh, what's your credit card number? <laughs> yeah. And you give them their credit card number, and all of a sudden I look at my bill, and for two tickets it was like 450 bucks. Yeah, dude. And I'm like, What? Uh-huh. What? <laughs> Davis, that's my son. He's a musician, too. I said, get over here. You owe me two and a quarter, pal, <laughs> right now. Work it off. You uh, had some interesting producers along the way, too, I wanted to talk about, too. Frank Zappa. When was that era that Frank Zappa was your producer? And that must have been insane. It was 76, and he wanted to to uh, come to Michigan to hear the band live. We had, we had sent him a couple tapes. He said he, he wanted to come out and check us out. So he shows up at the swamp, and we are in there, you know, rehearsing. And we, it was lovingly called the swamp. Uh, it was out in the middle of the woods. Yeah, had a little pond here out in there. Michigan. Yeah, and uh, and he listened, dug the band, but what really cinched him, JJ, was when Craig Frost backed up against Brewer and farted on his leg. He said, I am in the right place. I will produce you guys. You just sold me. <laughs> yes, let's, let's that hear, was Zappa. Let's hear a little Grand Funk Railroad. I think we've got uh, We're an American Band, also one of yours, right? It is my music, my cowbell, my drum lick on the intro, but I didn't get credited for it because Don came to me and said, Mark, I've never had 100% on any song. Can I take it on this one? I said, sure, Don, go ahead. Because yeah. I'm a nice guy. Yeah. It's not, I'm not going to stop being a nice guy, JJ. All right, good. I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> I don't think that's in your nature anyway, no. is it? No, all right. man. Grand Funk Railroad. Was that you doing all the woo-hoos at the end of that? Is that you? Yeah. Or all you guys were doing it? No. No, uh, I did two two sets or, you know, we did layered tracks of them. All right. So I did the high and the low. Okay, I got gotcha. you. Mark Farner, Grand Funk Railroad, my guest. This is JJ live in the AAA studios inside Music Town, which is on the second floor of Hockey Town. A lot of, a lot of direction here, the isn't towns. there? In District Detroit. <laughs> We're in the middle of District Detroit, which is right in the on. middle of the city of Detroit. Yes, it is. In it's the state of Michigan and the United States of America. District. Let's get the whole Let's onion on get the it table. on there. <laughs> All right, so you, you, you talked about Zappy. You had another uh, producer, though, uh, Todd Rundgren, who produced a lot of people, but he is an unusual character as well. Yeah, and he's... also a member of Ringo's All-Star Band. Yes, Yes, he's the alumni that I got to play with. Well, we did a, a cruise, uh, I think it was the Moody Blues Blues. Okay, cruise. yeah. And uh, and we did a, an interview with some people on the ship, you know, on the stage, where uh, Todd was his crazy self, and, and we both got to, you know, share our part of the story. And, and it's like he's embracing life more now before he was just so scattered and things going on all the time it's like man when he hugged me this time i felt his man in there that he, that it's time that he's being you know slowing down and and really analyzing what he's doing with his life he's a he, as far as i'm concerned he is a genius musical genius yeah. the way he operates and the way he looks at things very differently but uh, instead of you know if there's something missing uh, in a sound, instead of adding it and trying to bring it up above the rest of it, he'll pull everything else down to where that is finally sticking where it needs to be. I mean, it's like, makes sense, you know. How did he become yeah. your producer? 
It, a name in a hat, man. We pulled his name out of a hat. Come with, on. I am not kidding you, JJ. I'm That's serious, you got to tell brother. that story, no, then. I'm serious, dude. That's what we did. Well, who'd been producing you up to that point? Was it still uh, Terry, or was this well, we long had, after that? Um, Jimmy Iovine before that. Okay. And Einer. Uh, Jimmy Einer did uh, Bad Time to Be in Love and Some Kind of Wonderful. He produced that. Hey, that's a great song, by the way. Pull that up, Marcelia. Bad Time to Be in Love. Uh, that's a great song. We'll Thank talk you. about that in a minute. But uh, So, okay, you got a bunch of different people, and you literally tossed them in a hat? Yes. Yeah, we had all these names, and there must have been 20 producer names in there. And Brewer reached in and pulled out Rundgren. How did he know that Todd would want to do this? Or were we did, these? We didn't know. Oh, it was this just, was a wish list. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. We're gonna pick them and then see if they wanted to do it. <laughs> and what was Plan B? Go back to the hat. Yeah, <laughs> that's it, That's brother. Amazing. All right. Oh, yeah. As long as I, I mentioned this, I'm sort of scattered because we still got a lot to talk about. But um, I just mentioned bad time. I'm gonna play it in one second. It's got a cold intro, so we can't talk over that. Right. But tell me about that song. It was uh, Todd Rundgren produced. Yes, and in in my house up in Partialville, I was on the piano, and I was playing some music. And in the other room, I was hearing threats of a twelve-inch cast iron skillet going through my forehead. And so I I wrote, "This is a bad time to be in love." That's just really how it happened. Bad time to be in love. Grand <laughs> Funk Railroad on Detroit's greatest hits, WOMC. My guest, uh, Mark Farner, Grand Funk Railroad. We've talked about uh, Zappa and Rundgren. You did the Janis Joplin story and the Stones. and they, But did, have you ever done anything with Jimi Hendrix? Oh, yes. Jimi Hendrix, when we played uh, Fillmore East, Terry Knight, for the first time, led the, the crew back to the dressing room. Usually he was, like, in the back, and we'd walk back to the dressing room. But this time, he's in the front. And when he opens the dressing room door... Who's standing just inside, but Hendrix with that hat, you know, yeah, that, sure. uh, and and that grin on his face, and I went, I went, dude, it's, it's like I I looked at him and I went, you're a good guitar player. <laughs> <laughs> I can't, that's all I could think of, JJ. I was like stammering and oh. <laughs> was he a good guy? Did you chat with oh, him? Was he man, affable? Was he? He's a heck of a dude. Yeah, man, a good brother. You know, serious about, and you knew in his music what he was talking about and the, his concerns about the earth and about people and what's going on. Uh, but one time at Randall's Island, Grand Funk had already gone on. We played, and then Rabbit came to my dressing room. This is uh, Jimmy's right-hand man, and he says, Hey, Brother Mark, uh, Jimmy wants to see you over in the dressing room. So I go over before he goes on, mm -hmm. and I walk, how you doing? I'll give him a hug, and I'm looking. And they got a couple of snow drifts lined up, yeah, yeah. you know. And the guy hands me a, a rolled-up $100 bill, and I go, oh, no, thanks. Yeah, I, I don't yeah, do that. I, yeah. I've never done anything like that, you know. And Jimmy looks at me and says, Brother Mark, you know I wouldn't give you nothing that would hurt you. And I said, well, I can't do that, man. You guys are used <laughs> to that stuff. And so Rabbit does a switchblade, and sticks the tip of his knife in there and says, well, just do this much. So I plug my uh, one on. Oh, man, that first and last time, my friend. It I didn't know what the heck it was, yeah. but I found out later it was heroin and, oh, no. and cocaine mixed together, dude. And these guys uh, did it before he went on. I watched them like, I'm not kidding, it looked like a snowdrift. Yeah. And I walk out. Could you perform after that? Dude, I went up. I had already performed. Okay, okay. I went up on top of the equipment truck 
I'm sitting on the cab using that box to lean up against with a packing blanket. You got me? <laughs> and here's my guitar hero on stage. He walks up, and, and every time he goes to grab his guitar, he misses that neck by about a foot. I'm not kidding you. He's so far gone. Yeah. Oh, my God. He couldn't find his ass with both yeah. hands. And the kid walks up with blonde hair, no shirt on, no shoes and socks, little skinny blonde haired kid grabs Jimmy's wrist and and puts it up <laughs> on the neck. makes the makes the <laughs> yeah and Jimmy tried to play and it was it sucked there's bad. a lot of it stories like that bad. you know the Santana story oh at Woodstock God. when uh, felt so bad when they yeah, came man. when they oh, came yeah. to get him and he said yes. no 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 we're not playing for like three more hours and they go uh-huh. no you're on the schedule right you're now and he goes now. oh no we just dropped acid <laughs> so God. that whole scene you see on the video of uh, the Santana band members on stage the drummer furiously just going crazy. They're all tripping. And he later said that the neck of his, or Santana said later that the neck of his guitar was like a wave. It was like a snake <laughs> slithering. And he's trying to play it while it's oh, moving yeah. around and all of that. Same kind of thing. Crazy, oh, crazy stuff. <laughs> hey, this is Jim Johnson, JJ, along with Mark Farner, Grand Funk Railroad. Before we wrap it up, let him get out of here. You've been very generous with your time, by the way. Well, I appreciate being here, man. It's good to be with you again and to uh, hear them great pipes. Well, to hear those great stories, <laughs> that's what everybody wants to hear. Forget Thank about you. the pipes. Appreciate you having we me. We are right. in our AAA studios. We're inside Music Town, which is on the second level of Hockey Town in the District uh, Detroit area of Detroit. We'll, uh, and you're not going to be far from here tomorrow performing. We'll talk about that in a minute. But uh, I say maybe the best or the worst for last. I'm not sure which. But I wanted to play you these comments from a former member of Grand Funk Railroad mm-hmm. or current member. I don't know how you guys view this. You can explain in a minute. But here's what he had to say about the notion of you guys getting back together. And I think, you know, people talk about Steve Perry and Journey or maybe Robert Plant and Zeppelin going back out again. Uh-huh. I don't think any anything out there would be as big as the three of you back together, Grand Funk Railroad again. But here's what he said about it. Never say never, and I've said that for years. You know, and the, the opportunity has just not come along for us to uh, to get back together. There is real, no, really no bitterness on our end. You know, I think that there's probably uh, more bitterness on the other side of this uh, uh, of the coin. You know, and uh, so I, you know, it, it, it's really not up to me. Uh, you know, but as I say, I don't think the the correct uh, or the proper situation has come along yet. So uh, if it does, then we'll we'll approach we'll approach it at that point. Well, that was a diplomatic response. What's your What's your response? Have you heard that before? Have you heard that before? I've heard similar things. Not a live tape like what you just played, brother. But I've heard that this is what he's been saying. But then uh, a friend of mine in law enforcement says to me, "Mark, it's never going to happen." I said, "Why?" He says, "If you are the guy that premeditates, sets up this thing to where you." take over the corporation and throw the one guy out how eager do you think uh that he would be to get you back around him where you could retaliate and get back at him some way he don't want you close to him and i, and now, I have never Don considered now. You're, it now you're talking yes. about Don now. yes okay yes because he he deceived me he said uh that signing my name into the corporation or my one-third ownership of the 
uh, trademark into the corporation would give it some kind of protective umbrella. What it did was gave him and Mel the two-thirds vote that they needed to throw me out, and that's what they did. They called me and said, you're no longer in the band, blah, blah, blah. Can I ask why, or is that uh, private? I wish I knew, brother. It's totally speculation on anybody's part except for Brewer. And he's the one saying never say never, but every time, I like every corporate meeting, I say, why isn't the president of the corporation doing a thing that could make the most money for the corporation? Right. Is Don't you have a fiduciary duty to do Obligation. this? Obligation. Yeah, and to produce the most uh, profit. And he says, we are producing the most profit. I mean, just arrogance kind of come back. And I, and I could tell by his attitude in that tape that we just listened to that he does have a case of the ass. And, and I don't, I let it go. I'm ready when they are. That's that's the you fact. promised me that right now. Yes. If he called you and said, bury the hatchet, all forgiven. Yeah, as long third, as I one could third, be. One third, one third, Yes, yes. That's how it has to be, brother, because that's that's the way it was fair. And that's the only way that I would go forward in fairness. Well, that, that shouldn't be that hard because, you know, a third of $10 million is $3,300,000 each of you, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, so... Yeah. Why would yeah. you argue approval about any of that and, kind and, of stuff? And knowing, like we talked about earlier, that I'm a Beatle fan, and, and when they were all sucking air, man, I would have paid anything to go see that show. But they wouldn't do that. And and I just because of my uh, inspiration from that, I want to do it for the fans. I would love to do it well, while we're all sucking air. Well, don't take this the wrong way, but tick, t- yeah, tick-tock, 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 yeah, brother. Time's growing short. Yeah, man, I'm in it. You you just tell them I'm in it. As long as it's fair, I'm back there. All right. Ah, it's so frustrating. Yeah. I know. If it's frustrating for me as a fan, it must be really frustrating for you not to be doing this. Yes. Playing stuff it like... It very is. Yeah. It very, very, very much is. But I have fans that come see me that say, you know, that they've gone and see the other guys, and they tell me, it's your voice. Yeah. It, it sounds more like Grand Funk when we come see you because you sang all those songs. I mean, I did. I wrote and sang 90-some percent of the music. Yeah. We're stepping on my partner, Bo Daniels' toes. It's oh, his oh. show right now. Sorry, Bo. I've kept you long enough, but I do want to let people know that uh, tomorrow night, 6 o'clock, the Madison Center stage, Mark Farner's American Band will be performing. Saturday. I keep thinking it's Friday. I wanted to. <laughs> you wanted want it to be, it to be Friday, Friday, brother. <laughs> yes, I do. Thank you for correcting me. All right. It is Saturday and a big weekend. It's celebrating the music of Detroit weekend all weekend long. In fact, it does start today. Right on. All right. So, yeah. and you and your band are playing on Saturday at the yeah. Madison Center stage. Just before the Jacksons. And by the way, it's all free. Yeah, man. And you know what there's going to be? There's going to be a lot of foot stomping music. Yeah. Let's hear it, Marcel. <laughs> I got to get out of here. Bo Daniels. Thanks, brother JJ. Is next. No, thank Good you. to be with you, my thank friend. Thank you, Mr. Farner. Can't wait to see you again. Give me a percentage real quick before we leave. Yes or no? Is it going to happen? Yes. Okay. Because you're optimistic and positive. I'm optimistic. Love it. I'll see you tomorrow, gang. All right, bro.